0: Hello and welcome to the Asian American Forward podcast Um, and I am excited today to be in our new studio for the first time with just Don. Don, how are you this week?
1: Good. Hello everyone. uh, We are in the studio now and uh, I think the topic today is pretty uh, has a long history but it's also still hot.
0: Yeah, we yeah. I would say so. We're so to give some context to that. This week, we're revisiting um, some topics that we've talked about in the past, but we want to drill down in a little bit more detail. So we're talking um, about kind of the history of anti-Asian legislation and its impact now in modern times, um, as we've seen this year with the the sharp increase in hate crimes against Asian Americans. Um, so, but we want to start kind of. Um, with the Chinese Exclusion Act, which Don has done a lot of work on in the past. Um, so we're kind of beginning to investigate why, why we think the Chinese were the only race to be excluded by the law when other, you know, races began immigrating prior to 1882 when this, when this law was passed. And if you wanna add a little bit of context about the work that you've done, Don.
1: Yeah, the the thing is, since I came into this country, and when I heard the Chinese exclusion law, it's that I start thinking it's at the new immigrant, especially from China, and why this country have a one particular law uh, target either, uh, to the Chinese community, and then it's I start to working with the state legislature about how. Uh, history should be read and interpret and then it's interpreted and then it's the what we can do for the past wrong in this country and what's the impact to us to our current life and also to the future young kids so that's the all start like 10 years ago Mm -hmm. and then it's after state California passed the law and uh, we move this uh, idea to the capitol hill so the california the
0: law what does that do exactly uh
1: they they have an apology ah,
0: passed. official apology yeah bill. official
1: apology. apology passed but this one is the constitutional law It's the federal law mm-hmm. so state law just show the gesture that the california asian or legislator or lawmakers they acknowledge wrong but nationwide there's nothing um done yet, mm-hmm. so it's uh, Judy Chu and Mike Honda and uh, Ted Liu, They, the Asian caucus in in Capitol Hill, they bring this bill to the Capitol Hill. It's take a uh, one and a half year working from grassroots to the right bill and to the lobby to their colleagues and then passed. So it's the I'm in charge. That the grassroots. So it's, uh, at that time I organized like a 50 different organizations mm-hmm. get together and bring Judy Chu to the Silicon Valley, I think it's three, four, five times, each time to educate people. and then it's the uh, make sure every organization's leader collects a signature to show congressional members there's a strong grassroots support this bill to pass. So that one is, uh, I remember at the date when uh, Bill on the Capitol floor, mm-hmm. and I brought the, the huge frame with uh, every single signature there in Judy Chu's office. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, we walk from her office to the floor. I'm the only one from West Coast fly, flew from here uh-huh. to there, and then watch this historical moment it's pretty exciting if you have something you can involve it's a personally for one year and then finally you see some bill pass yeah. in the capitol hill that's the whole things but back to the the history facts i think so maybe you can give people some uh, the, the, the brief description, mm-hmm. uh, the, I do have some uh, all kind of a uh, museum <laughs> okay. visit, those kind of things. You can yeah. tell
0: me, you can tell me what I'm missing. So right, yeah. my understanding, and I do want to talk a little bit about, about education. I think we can get into this here, yeah. um, is that the Chinese Exclusion Act kind of set quotas for the number of people who could enter the U.S. Um, from China specifically, but I'm imagining it also applied to other East Asian countries. Um, no. No, really. Not at Either.
1: all. No, 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 only, Chinese. Yeah. only Chinese. Only yeah.
0: Chinese. And and also there was something about limiting the number of women and children versus single men, right? Yeah, yeah. Am I, what am I missing? Am I missing anything major? No. Okay, which brings me to another point, though, that I like am barely able to just de- to describe the act. Um, that there's clearly some some gaps in the American education system in terms of talking about things like this. Um, And also like other anti-Asian legislation kind of going up to today, of course, like the other big, you know, example that we've also talked about on the show um, is uh, Japanese internment. um, Which, I mean, I recall kind of learning about it in school a little bit, but not in a lot of detail. Um, So I'm wondering also if you've, what kind of work you've done on education or how you think we should talk about these kind of like more uncomfortable pieces of American history.
1: Yeah, I think it's the for for us to understand the history. The number one is we don't put some uh, ethnical standards to into our consideration. The first you have to know the facts, mm-hmm. and then it's the after everyone understanding facts, we can make a judgment of whether it's uh, this law or this education should be benefited for the people, or if they can bring more uh, people united or polarized. So it's. A, I personally think it's a uh, kind of a middle ground. So it's that you don't push the uh, racism or it's a series too uh, too extreme. Just give some uh, basic facts, and uh, whether it's the people can absorb. Hmm. And I want. I want
0: to push you a little bit. Though. Okay. Because what do we do when people object to even learning? the basic facts yeah. and say like, this is not yeah. this is not the vision I have of America, so like this is not what's happening.
1: Uh, I personally think it's the American people, we only have uh, like a 200 history and every step, especially yeah. some uh, wrong law we should address because it's uh, every bad law, every bad action or bad events in the politics or in the society involvement, it's going to give us some lessons for the future, and these people can uh, make a learning from this kind of a mistake, mm-hmm. or it's a wrong or error, whatever you define it. So it's the I prefer that the we give some uh, uh, reading list, but not not necessarily mandatory. So that's the my approach. Mm-hmm. The people should know, and also it's the like a compare with other civilization. We have a 5,000 American history is pretty short, and uh, kind of a case of oh, it's the uh, history is that we made the Chinese it's it's pretty unique, uh, just like a Japanese uh, inter, inter-, inter- uh, the intern camp. Mm-hmm. So that kind of things is uh, you can bring up, and also it's you see. Potentially, beneath the surface, the people still have some uh, discrimination around the country a little bit, and you can see the uh, the black people, Asian people, and uh, some other the, the uh, Spanish speaking. Everyone there have a little bit that you can feel, mm-hmm. but not openly. Or it's the unless there are some uh, social conflict, economic conflict. It's going to come up. Right. So it's. A, I feel it's Chinese exclusion law is the under the uh, economic pressure because a lot of uh, uh Scott workers they have a union and they, they they have a keep a certain salary there. But the Chinese workers coming to Would here to build, yeah, they just pay almost yeah. the
0: yeah
1: one tenth of their salary. So they take all the job away. And the boss, the, the, the like a Stanford, the the the, the, the people the, by this the Stanford, guys who like started Stanford, Stanford. Stanford,
0: I forget their names. Yeah yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He brought all Chinese to this country to mm. build the railroad. Right. But the workers they don't feel they have against their boss, so they against their colleague mm. workers mm-hmm. and non-union Chinese. They don't know what the union means, so they just uh, work hard. And try to make money, send money back home. So that's the cause of the conflict. And then Caucasian workers, they just uh, go to the local yeah. friends, say, "Get these guys all out or kill them." That's the original the situation. Similar like a uh, China virus uh, now. Yeah, it's anti-Asian uh, crimes. The surging is kind of a behind the scenes relationship so if we know the history better so it's we can understand the current situation better that's my approach
0: i know i think that's definitely true and the history is certainly so complicated i'm actually working on a project right now about um the japantown neighborhood in san jose which was originally the site of a chinatown because several different Chinatowns in San Jose had been arsonized, like burnt to the ground. And then they settled in this neighborhood, which is then where like all of the Asian immigrants from, from across Asia, Filipino people, Japanese people, Chinese people would live in that neighborhood. Um, and so I think understanding kind of that complexity is really important to understanding what's happening now. Um, But also I wanted to dig into your personal experience a little bit because it's not like these high level um, sort of Supreme Court decisions and laws just impact things at that level. They impact how American born citizens, Americans, whether they were born here like you know our high school interns are naturalized here like you um so i'm wondering how you've kind of experienced the effects of those kinds of attitudes that are sort of so baked in from like centuries back
1: uh it's very very tricky question in in terms of when you uh, apply this kind of situation into the personal experience uh of course it's a every country especially this country there is all have some bad people and say bad things to you, uh, both in the society and in the political system. But overall, since the, the day I, I touched the, the ground of this country, I love this country. So it's the everything uh, I share the similar uh, ideas that Andrew Young, uh, he used to share with people in Washington Post, See, it's the, it's uh, the first generation immigrant we came here, we enjoy the freedom, enjoy the democracy, and uh, we need to do something beside your professional making money for yourself, for your family, for your friends, and also so we have some kind of obligation to do the community work to back to the society because this country treated new every single immigrant most likely is pretty fair. Mm-hmm. And around the country, around the world, this is the best land. This is the that's deep in my heart. I truly believe it. And ninety-nine percent people, it's the, they are so nice to new immigrants. Even we have a so broken English, <laughs> Love the English, but they still treat us uh, very good. Give us uh, every opportunity we we have. Mm-hmm. So it's the. Some people say, oh, Andrew, you say it's Americanized, or it's a more American, not put the the, the, the shirt or hat there or flag yeah. on your body, yeah. but you have to do something. And people say, oh, we are born here. But the ABC, the American-born Chinese, right. they don't understand the, the first generation's uh, immigrant, like us how we feel. Mm-hmm. We always feel we are not do, doing the enough contribution to this country. That's why it's the Andrew push us to do a little bit more mm. but it got a lot of uh, against us, says that you shouldn't say that we are all American. But yeah. you have to recognize your face color, my face color is a little bit different. <laughs> so there is the still some difference. Yeah. Uh, some people they, they do some uh, have some uh, a little bit of discrimination even at the street. They look at the EU, say Oh, uh, you bring some virus there. Something that happened to me too. Uh-huh. And also, they said they get it, go back to your country, but this country is all immigrant. Everyone is the back to one generation, two generation, all no, coming from somewhere yeah. from world. So it's the pretty hard. That kind of a education, maybe we can extend it a little bit further. And I always think is every uh, social turn oil or trouble is going to bring this uh, country or society go to the better position if we have a strong social movement to take that kind of a mm. opportunity to get people educated I
0: always love your your
1: optimism um,
0: <laughs> I'm curious about also like if you have really vivid memories of when you became a citizen like did you do anything special on that day or like did you feel different? or was it like yeah what was that like?
1: yes the the when I uh, got the citizenship. It's pretty easy, uh, and uh, just swear uh, in in Sansa. So it's the, I see the whole the the is the, uh, theaters uh, filled with uh, like uh, 500 people. They all swore in. It's uh, coming from. Uh, oh, it was I, like, like a remember. big
0: group of yeah, people. yeah, people yeah, like in 500. At once. Yeah, swore yeah. in
1: at once. So it's uh, the first thing is uh, when I walk out. The first thing is that uh, I try to. to at the door, it's like filling out the voter registration form. It says I'm a, the first citizen. From today, I have a chance to vote. Mm-hmm. So since then, it's like I vote every every cycle. Because you know, for me, I coming from uh, mainland China, there is uh, no vote at all. So okay. it's the, I really appreciate every opportunity if I can vote. That's, that then, may not make a difference or impact, but that's kind of. A, obligation, just like uh, every citizen, you need to work, you need to do your uh, political obligation and contribute your thought. that's it.
0: Yeah, I mean, and definitely, I also want to reiterate what you said, like, in answer to my previous question, that this really is a nation of immigrants, I and mean, we've even talked on the show about my own family's history, even though it's a couple centuries ago compared <laughs> yeah. to your, your immigration story, but it's always, like, um, back there, and so I think Studying and, like, understanding the past is really, really um, important. I do want to ask one last thing of you before we close up. Since I have a first-generation immigrant here in front of me, which is, like, is there anything that you wish, uh, like, American-born people did differently in treating immigrants? Or specifically with the regards to the Asian-American community? Like, what do you wish we knew and understood that you feel like we're missing?
1: Uh, I think there's the... The polarized uh, society at this moment, uh, especially during the uh, with the social media, so it's uh, the, my sincere hope it's the all society with uh, all different colors of people, just try to do some uh, uh, even non-political event together, culturally, socially, community, environmental, everything. As long as the people can working one week one month or three months together to build some project together mm-hmm. and when people working together the people can have a sense of a feeling oh she is a human being same as me and we have a share a lot of a common uh human humanity or human natures that kind of a uh, build some uh, uh bond or trust right and instead of just say oh, these guys have a different color they they tribute themselves on the one corner the other part is on the other part and then fighting to each other that's the only thing and one the other things that I expected that whenever have a uh, the violence coming out mm-hmm. don't quickly make judgment to define that which ways we should do just the, Wait moment, and mm-hmm. then it's, uh, when things go clearly, we go through the legal process. Yeah. that's the going to be the final uh, solution. of oh, trust this country, trust this system. That's the I strongly believe. And just uh, do things together and uh, understand each other. And then it's the I think this country is still the best in the world in in terms of the. The racial relationship.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like I've been lucky to learn so much from you and other like first generation immigrants that I have in my life. And if we hadn't spent time together making this podcast, we wouldn't know that like we both love Murkami and mafia (laughs) movies. Um, So I feel like that's just like a total example of your point um, that we have. A lot there are a lot of differences that we can learn from but we also have a lot in common um, you're always giving me the like beautiful little happy notes to end on Don thank you so much
1: and the people always say that I'm too optimistic uh, I did I do and uh, I for the future I'm still very optimistic even every day I see a lot of uh, dark side always uh, challenging but uh, I think it's that this country is the still the best country and still the line that if we work just a little bit harder, <laughs> life is going to be better so it's the thank you I'm so enjoy that uh,
0: yeah well I feel like being yeah. named after sunshine you have to be like optimistic <laughs> but we'll close there for this week thank you as always Don my co-host My name is Katie Simpson. Our podcast is sponsored by Asian American Forward. You can visit our website at www.asianamericanforward.com. If you enjoyed the show or have a topic that you'd like to hear us discuss on a future episode, send us your comments at info at asianamericanforward.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, You can also find us on Facebook and hear more conversations between Don and I at our YouTube channel. If you're a fan of the show, leave us a review in the Apple Podcast Store or tell someone about us. It really helps people find the show. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again next week.
1: Thank you. Give me five.